Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Brett here, bringing you another episode of The Rad Dad Show, the parenting podcast where we ask inspiring dads the question, what does it mean to be a rad dad? On today's episode, I'm chatting with Sam Thompson, a fellow podcaster and fellow Canadian. Sam lives in Winnipeg. Sam hosts Witch Police Radio, a podcast spotlighting musicians who are from or have a connection to Manitoba. He's also a dad and tells us how he's managed to release over 600 episodes of his podcast over nine years, all while raising two kids. First of all, I really love the relationship between Sam's podcast and his hometown and how he's created something invaluable for his community by documenting the art scene through his podcast. So, of course, we chat about the importance of community in raising a family and how he and his family stay connected to their hometown. We also talk about maintaining interests and hobbies you're passionate about as a parent and the importance of your kids seeing you have those things in your life. And we definitely do lots of nerding out about podcast stuff. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it. Here's Sam Thompson from Witch Police Radio on the Rad Dads Show. Sam, thanks for coming on the Rad Dad Show. Um, I'm going to start. Yeah, I'm going to start the way we always do and ask, who are you? I'm Sam, uh, Sam Thompson. I host a podcast in Winnipeg uh, called Witch Police Radio. It's a music podcast I've been doing for nine years now, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And it's um, kind of an in-depth interview show covering Manitoba and Manitoba adjacent musicians of all genres. And yeah, it's, it's I can't stop now. I'm in too deep, so it's going to keep happening. No kidding. I Well, I was just looking today. You're on like episode 600. What I wrote it down here somewhere. 600. I just released 641 tonight when we're recording. Oh, okay. So yeah. Oh, crazy. 641 episodes. Crazy. You're like, I can't believe how much content you put out. And you're also a dad. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So how many kids do you have? I have two kids, uh, eight and 12. Okay. Um, Names, are you able to share names? Yeah, sure. Liz and Olivia. Liz is the older one. Olivia is the youngest. So two girls. Two Um, girls. And yeah, that's, uh, it makes doing the podcast thing and putting out so much content even more fun when you have to juggle, you know, work and life and, and kids, uh, as I'm sure you know. Yeah, well, no kidding. Like, that's the thing. See, I always blame my uh, lack of productivity on our own show on yeah. like my kids and just having too much going on. But I, like, now I can't because <laughs> <laughs> you do it. Um, so uh, yeah, let's talk about that. How, how do you do it? I don't, I don't know. I think I just fit it in whenever I can. I mean, um, I typically try to record my interviews after they're in bed. It doesn't always work. It often gets right. interrupted by, you know, someone coming down and tapping me on the shoulder in the middle of a conversation, but yep. usually it works out all right. So I, I do two nights a week of recording typically, and I release two episodes a week on different days as well. So um, it's kind of just become a routine. Uh, like, I don't know how much of the history of the show you want me to get into, but it was very different yeah. when it get, started Get out. into it. Well, it first, when I had my first kid, so I was, um, she's 12 now, I'm 39. So I was quite a bit younger then. <laughs> and um, I, I'd been playing in bands basically my entire life from, yep. you know, grade seven up until basically around the time I became a dad. And it was sort of a way doing the show at first, it was me and two friends uh, who I had played music with for years. And it was, we just sat around and listened to records and talked about records. The interview cool. part wasn't there yet. And it was basically a way for me to stay in touch with them and with being a nerd about music even though my life was completely overtaken with being a relatively new dad and that's pretty much how this started so it was um it was really just I want to stay involved I don't have time to be in a band anymore and I wasn't that good in the first place 
<laughs> but this was kind of a way to I be, know that feeling. I, I, right, right. I'm, I'm still part <laughs> of something, right? So that, that that was that was basically how it started. And it was it's become very different over the years. And, and I mean, now it's an interview show and it's a lot more focused. But yeah, it was really just a way to once a week hang out with some friends. Right. And so it's really evolved over time. I mean, you've like won awards, uh, like you yeah. put out lots of content. I like one of the reasons I'm so interested to talk to you, um, in addition to kind of finding out your experience as a parent, um, but but it's kind of this thing, um, I feel there's a bit of a connection between what, what we do and what you do is kind of this connection to your community, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's so cool to me that you have this, like now 641 episodes, which are like a, a real, like, I don't know if the word is like time capsule, or it's like a, you know, just this amazing collection of um, interviews and content all about kind of Manitoba and Winnipeg. And that's just so amazing communities like other communities and other places don't have that. Well, that was kind of the idea too. Like when the the reason it's called witch police radio is because years before I started, even knew what a podcast was, um, I had been in a band with a friend of mine who ended up being one of my original co-hosts of the show called dynamo. And we, had a song called we are the witch police the, the, okay. the origin behind the name is much more complicated and stuff than that <laughs> it really doesn't mean anything it's just like a, a throwaway joke a friend made once and i wrote it down because i thought it was a funny word uh, yeah. but anyway we had a song called we are the witch police and i needed to we didn't play a lot of shows so i needed to put it online somewhere somehow so people could hear it and this is right. pre-band camp pre all that stuff yeah so i made one of those free blogger sites you know and yeah, I thought, I'll, yeah. I'll put it here then people can go here and hear it and then i had to name it something something.blogger.com so I just put witch police because that was one of the song titles. Yeah. And then that's kind of, that turned into not just my own stuff. I thought, wait, I have all these other bands I was in dating back to the nineties. I should upload all that stuff on there too. Yep. So Witch police kind of kept growing the, the blog and I got friends giving me all their old tapes from basement bands that had long since died and, and you know, would have been lost to the, the ether yep. <laughs> like, you yep. know, if I hadn't uh, preserved them. So it became this like weird archive of, of really strange punk bands and ska bands and like folk stuff and just mostly from people I knew and then that morphed into the podcast so that kind of um, goal of preserving all this stuff that that otherwise would be forgotten has sort of carried on into the interview side of things because you know now there's tons of bands I've had on the show over the years who are now defunct so that might be the one interview they ever did and maybe that's a value to someone who hears them 10 years down the road and wants to find out about them so I I hope it, it does that yeah, there's kind of like a documented history now. Yeah. It, it must be neat for you to, you probably have people that you talked to early on who now are, you said, you know, maybe not playing in a band now, but maybe I imagine there's lots of people who are playing in different bands now and you're having them on multiple times and kind of oh, seeing yeah. how the community, I mean, mu- the music community, I think it's pretty similar everywhere. Like it's a little bit incestuous in that way, right? Like we all Absolutely. kind of like, you know, you, you end up in a band with those people who move on to a band with those people. And um, so that must be sort of neat to see over time too. Yeah. It's cool to track it. You sort of, you know, someone I talked to in 2015 is now doing something totally different with another guy who I talked to in 2017 yeah. with their old bands and it's becoming a new thing. Yeah. And I guess the other piece of it too, is, um, like my background is in journalism. That's what I do as a full-time job now. Okay. Um, but at the time I started the podcast, I was out of it. I, I had, I, I used to be a newspaper reporter. The newspaper business kind of went to shit. Um, in the mid 2000s mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people were losing their jobs me being one of them and so i decided to completely do a shift and go over to working in pr which was okay. a nightmare and i loathed it but i did it for 10 years <laughs> so doing the podcast kept my one foot in the music scene yeah. and one foot in journalism because I, I do think of it as a, a journalistic 
project. For so sure. I was doing these two things that I love, even though I couldn't do them, you know, in the regular way I'd been doing them before. And so now I'm back working in journalism full-time for the past few years. And I think that doing the podcast really helped for that because it kept me sharp. It kept my interview skills, um, you know, active. And I was doing this twice a week anyway. So it sort of was an easy transition back into doing news. Right. Yeah. It's so neat. Like um, I, I, I kind of want to pick up on that thing that you said about like, you've kind of got, you know, your, or had a day job that was totally unrelated, but this kind yeah. of allowed you to stay connected to that community. Like, I think that's so important. Right. And I think for people, you're a musician. You kind of well, said I was kind of a musician, but yeah, yeah. I but, played in bands. Yeah, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if I'd call myself a musician, but yes, yes. <laughs> well, it's kind of similar to me. Like you have that that past, and that's an important thing. Like I think for some people, it's very hard to just put it aside, set it down, and move away yeah. from it. And so to be able to stay connected in some way, because as life goes on, not everybody gets to have the opportunity for whatever reason, maybe it's your family and maybe it's just circumstance. There's not people around you end up playing with, but you, you get away from it. Um, This is kind of a neat connection with that community still. Right. And, and to sort of, you know, be up to date with what's sort of going on in that community is really cool. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this is the same experience you had, but a lot of my friends, really the majority of my friends are somehow related to the music scene, even going back to my first bands in the mid nineties and stuff like some of those people I still talk to. And it just seems like everyone that I have been close to since I was in junior high has somehow been involved in local music. So it kind of made sense, even though I wasn't playing in bands anymore, it seems weird to kind of not hang out with those people right anymore so that's i'm still involved despite being old and and you know busy with kids and stuff and not going to shows not even close to as much as i used to but yeah right. so definitely works. not in the last couple of years no yeah obviously <laughs> no yeah. one has yeah 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 it's crazy um so okay so that's amazing like i just find it totally fascinating um how you're able to just kind of keep this you're, you're kind of like the historian of like manitoba culture um but you're also a dad so this is the rad dad show. Do you consider yourself a rad dad? I think so. I mean, I like, I like it like I am. I, I hope I am. <laughs> so what's I a rad that, dad? Well, I think it's a dad that, that is interesting and does fun stuff that when my kids are older, they might look back on and think, oh, this is really cool. You know, right now, the fact that I was in the band before, they've seen some videos of it and stuff and they don't really know what to think, but maybe, you know, when they're teenagers, if they start their own bands, like I hope happens, you know, maybe they'll want to watch a video of that again or listen to a tape again and say like, oh, look, my dad was in this terrible band, but it, it, it was something that that he was passionate about and interested in. And same with the podcast too, right? They don't really care about the music scene now, but they may become involved in it at some point down the line. And then they might want to look up some of these old bands and hear what I had to say with them and check out those interviews. Right. Yeah. I think I like that part of, and this is, I kind of hinted at this earlier, but kind of the connection to the community. So I don't know how much you know about Rad Dads Edmonton, like it started about five years ago by Christian, who um, also co-hosts this podcast. He started this podcast and really kind of the whole idea was kind of connecting to the community. And it was really about like, I'm a dad. I want to continue to do fun stuff that I like, like, you know, go to shows and go skateboarding and stuff like that. Um, I want to be able to enjoy that with my kid or at least expose my kid to it and give other people that opportunity because there's kind of not, there's not that much opportunity for that kind of stuff. And it's really about kind of, I I think in essence, um, the, the original idea was kind of like, 
you know, maintaining that, in, um, that sense of yourself, right. As totally. a parent, which a lot of people struggle with, I think. And so almost a little bit selfishly, I think was kind of like, well, I can do these fun things and put on these events so I can do the things I want to do and bring my kids along. And That's it's kind awesome. of, yeah, I think, but it's cool because it's kind of turned into, um, you know, something that can sort of just be shared with the whole community. And we raise money for charity, um, you know, with most of the events that we do and stuff like that. And the podcast is kind of part of that too. Like we want to talk to people we're interested to talk to, um, people we are kind of inspired by and think what they're doing is cool and just find out their experience of being a dad. And yeah, that's just sort of something that comes up a lot is that, um, that individuality, right. And, and kind of what makes you rad. So that's one kind of definition, but everybody has their own definition, I guess, of, of what's a rad dad. Um, I like how you've built a community around it though. That's, that's really cool because I mean, I think that Winnipeg obviously has a lot of dads. I mean, among my friend group too, I know a lot of dads who are still trying to do that, trying to be individual and do their creative things and stuff. But the fact that you guys have gone the next step and kind of, you know, organized around it, I think is very cool. Well, it's kind of neat. Like it's neat to see before the pandemic, we had a couple um, within the span of a few months, had a couple, we called them all ager ragers. So be a punk show. Yeah. And so one of them, we just had, um, you know, a few local bands, but you could bring your kids. So there were a whole bunch of like kids in the, you know, kind of toddler mosh pit or whatever with your protection on full on punk show um and then one we had kind of a battle of the bands we had some kid bands and some dad bands play cool Cool. yeah it was really neat and you know it's just like yeah you can do it you can make this happen um and one thing i've sort of felt is my kids are so at least my oldest elise she's just about six she's starting to kind of take interest in what i'm interested in or at least like is curious about like why is dad into this stuff? What does he like about music? What is, what's this rad dad show thing? And so kind of asking those questions. Um, so I, I kind of want to turn that back to you. Like um, there's kind of this deep connection to your community, where you're from. What do your kids think about that? How, how important is that for your family, I guess, to sort of um, be intimately connected with your community? Well, I think that my kids are interested in it, but without really knowing what it is that I do. They know I'm interviewing people. They yeah. know I'm talking about music. I mean, they've seen my records and everything. They know I'm obviously a big nerd about that stuff. And they're, they're, they're curious about it for sure. But I mean, they, they wear, they wear my merch. Right. <laughs> my kids wear, wear the shirts and, hood, and sure. hoodies and toques and stuff to school. So uh, whatever they think about it, they, they definitely are um, proud to support it, I think, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it, I think it's, um, it's interesting trying to juggle the creative side of things with the dad side of things, because it does take up obviously a a large part of everyone's life who has kids and um, you know, trying to do something and put a lot of effort into something that is apart from them while still, while not overtaking your dadness, right. That's, that's kind of the struggle, I think. For sure. Yeah. So, so how do you, so we talked a little bit about this, like, um, I think a lot of, so this is funny. I think a lot of people don't realize. So if someone came upon your show, they stumbled upon which place radio, holy shit, there's 640 episodes. episodes. Um, Wow. This is amazing. Like this guy must do this full time. Like people, I think a lot of people don't realize most, you know, independent podcasts, even if you're on an 
smaller network or whatever, like you're doing this kind of off the side of your desk, you're doing yeah. it at night after your kids go to bed. Like, so you're doing your interviews at nine, 10, 11 PM. You, you have to edit all those yourself. Um, Again, when they're in bed too, is when I do all that stuff as well. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. And um, posting on social media and all the stuff that sort of has to go along with that. People don't really realize. So um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about how you kind of achieve that balance, I guess. I think it's, well, I, this one of the other things that I'm involved with is we have a Manitoba podcast festival and there's a very mm. strong, again, with that community thing, there's a very strong community that we've built up over the past four or five years of local podcasters of all genres. And many of us are in the same position. We have kids, all of us have full-time day jobs. We're all juggling these things. And I think right. that kind of, um, I'm not really sure to explain it, but th- th- that, that has really helped is having uh, a community there as well kind of so not just doing the music community but yeah that supports and you know we'll often um just send messages to each other asking about some mundane podcast uh, question and everyone jumps on and helps and i think that seeing other people who are in the same boat uh some of them have older kids than me some of them have way younger kids than me and just realizing that we're all trying to make something worthwhile and uh making it work with everything else that's going on in our lives. I think it's, uh, I don't know if that's an answer to your question, probably not, but it, it's, it helps in a big way. I think to, to see that I'm not the only one doing this. You're not the only one doing this, yes. you know, this, this DIY spirit that we all have from growing up in the nineties and, and playing in punk bands and stuff yeah. that has continued in, in a bunch of weird forums for a bunch of different people. But I think that if I can somehow impart that idea onto my kids of you want to make something, go make it. Yeah, whatever it is, I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter if I understand it. Like, you know, I'm not a video game guy. My kids love video games. They make animations and stuff. And and cool. that stuff is not something I'm familiar with, but I encourage the shit out of her. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, they don't, I think the problem a lot of parents have, and I did at first too, when I first had kids was like, oh, I want to make them into a mini me. I want them to like all the records I like. Yeah. I want to take them out of these shows. And they like some of that stuff, but they also like their own things. And I think, I hope that, seeing the amount of effort I put into this as a hobby on the side will encourage them to do their own things in the same way. Yeah. I think it's like, um, I kind of alluded to it before, but like um, seeing you be passionate about something gets them excited. Like regardless of whether they give a shit about it, right? Like they, it's good. I think for them to see you be passionate about something. Right. And, and, uh, yeah, I kind of like what you said about kind of the, the DIY thing. I hadn't really in my head made that connection, but it is very similar to kind of, you know, the kind of DIY punk scene. It is. Um, it, 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 it's just punk rock with a microphone instead of yeah. a, a, a step on stage. Like it really is the same. I think of it anyway as, this, as the exact same thing. And, and, uh, and kind of like the old, no, I was going to say like the old school sort of everybody who's out here doing this, like because you're kind of doing it off the side of your desk and you have to be committed and you have to you know, find the time you're work, working on it late at night, like, because of that, it has to be something you're passionate about. Like, yeah. I, I'm sure I saw a statistic somewhere about like, you know, most podcasts like fail after three, I shouldn't say fail. Um, they just are discontinued after like three episodes or something. Like I was that, actually right? going to bring that up that exact, I don't know if that's, the, I don't know what the number is, but yes, that, that's that. And I think that what happens is people do this because they hear, a high profile celebrity doing a podcast and they see they've got millions of downloads or whatever. Yeah. And then they make their episode with their friend in the basement talking about whatever, and they get two listens and yeah. they think, well, this is a waste of time. No one cares. And it's like, well, 
no one's going to care whatever whatever it is you're 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 you write a book you you do a painting you right. record an album odds are your friends and family might might hear it might read it might watch it and then that's it and you have to keep building on it to, to yeah. get to the point where other people want to hear it so i think that there's a lot of people who get into podcasting who quit right away and i think it's unfortunate because i bet a lot of those people had some really good yeah. ideas and if they had just stuck with it it could have become something so i think that's another good lesson for kids too right is to see like okay my dad's been committed to this for some ridiculous amount of time mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like obviously there's something that that there's a reason why he's so passionate about this maybe you know whatever it is that they're going to be into maybe they'll take that the same way and and do the punk rock thing with it even if it's not punk rock yeah a lot of people sort of say um like on this show a lot of people sort of say like it's not really about what you say to your kids but it's about what you show them how you kind of model things right and i i think you're right like sort of showing them that it can be done is is so valuable too um and yeah they're they they're interested in it they think it's cool that you're passionate about something so you kind of model that for them um which i i think is such a neat and important thing um so okay so you became a dad what year 2000 uh, sorry 2009 was my first uh, first daughter and then 2013 was the second one and so kind of right around the time your podcast was starting so this has kind of been a part of their lives basically their whole lives. Yeah. Um, you know, I do something twice a week. Uh, well, it was once a week at first, but it's, it's grown to twice a week now. Yeah. Right. And you're doing kind of some short form interviews that you're throwing in there too, right? You're just kind of making it happen. Like, yeah, I do. The, I've done eight of them now. Uh, I call them quick hits. It's basically yeah. four 10 minute interviews with, with a lot of the time it's bands that I'm not very familiar with, or they're new on the scene okay. or someone messages me and says, you know, this is my, I have my first single out. Can I be on your podcast? And usually in the past, I would say, well, wait till you have more stuff. So I have more to talk to you about because mm-hmm. I don't want to spend 30 to 45 minutes talking about one song. You know, <laughs> that's right. all I can base my, my, my listening on and, and to try and get questions for you. But this has kind of been a way to get those people on the show anyway and help them because the whole point of doing this is, is that I want people to hear these bands, right? Yeah. I don't want them to hear me as much as I want them to hear the artists I'm interviewing. If someone's on my show, it's because they played me some music that I think is really cool. And I hope that other people will check them out and then that'll help them in their, you know, creative endeavors too. So um, finding a way to kind of fit in those new bands was pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's a really cool idea. Um, So I was going to sort of ask you, um, I guess, kind of bring it back to some of the the dad stuff. Um, Becoming a dad, how did that sort of change Sam Thompson? What, what changed about you when you became a dad? I think it, well, I think it, for any dad, it changes everything, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's like day and night. One day you're just some 20 something doing whatever and having fun. And then suddenly you have, <laughs> you know, you have all yeah. the responsibility in the world. I, I mean, I, th- I would never, um, I think the best thing I ever did is to be a dad, honestly. Cool. And it, it's, I like, I had a good childhood and I think that a lot of the things that my dad did with me, I, I have really strong positive memories of. And so trying to do those things with my kids, like going to the library, I take my kids to the library constantly. And um, that, that kind of thing was a huge deal when I was growing up. So having the ability to do that and pass that on, it, it makes me happy. It makes me feel like I'm accomplishing something because, you know, yeah, I want to just hang out and play with them too, but doing some of these kind of uh, things that made an impact on me growing up, it, it, it feels like I'm, I'm doing the right thing. You know what I mean? Like to, to pass that on. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I always wanted to be a dad. So it was never, um, I always kind of thought one day I'll have kids. So yeah. now that I do, it's sort of, 
okay, this is what's, <laughs> this is what's going yeah. on. I want to be, you know, the best dad I can and, and um, be involved in their lives and, and help them learn about things. And, and it, it's fun. Like, I mean, you know, it's not always easy, but it's fun. Yeah, it is really fun. It's neat that you kind of um, are relating some of your memories as a kid to some of the things that you're doing. I think that's so cool. Even when you said library, like it kind of took me back to, I grew up in Medicine Hat, okay. Alberta, and uh, kind of made me think about going to the Medicine Hat Public Library as a kid. And yeah, it, it's so cool to be able to give those experiences to your kids. And you can almost kind of imagine what's going through their mind and how they're sort of seeing it. Yeah. Right. Well, and like, I think that something might, um, so, something that I, because I just trying to think about how I got into doing what I do with, with the music stuff. And my dad has, well, he doesn't have any more. He passed most of them on to me, but he had a huge record collection cool. um, when I was a kid. And we listened to music all the time. And I would go with him to the record stores like a baby, you know, when you buy, <laughs> buy albums. And, and so the fact that he was interested in music really was a big deal growing up because he was curious about what I was listening to. He hated a lot of it, but he still, <laughs> you know, he, the, the fact that he had like interest and wanted to know what was going on. And he went to some of my shows and my early bands as a teenager and stuff. And like, yeah, that really kind of helped me. This is a, this become an important thing for me. Right. It's like, well, you know, my whole life, this has been cool. Music's been something that it's normal to be passionate about. And, yeah. and I mean, I've taken it way farther than he ever did. <laughs> Right. Like to, to an obsessive level and he wasn't yeah. he never played any instruments or anything but uh, i mean it, it just that the idea of this being around and, and i mean the fact that it's it was it was normal in our house the fact that he's you know listening to the same neil young albums i listened to today like it was just around and i, I think it I, by osmosis or whatever you know i i absorbed all that stuff and then just became obsessed with it and took it <laughs> to right. extremes but yeah yeah do you do you sort of like have um early memories of like going to local type shows and stuff when you were younger or was that something that sort of came later as you kind of got into you know music when you were a teenager or it would have been uh junior high okay um when i got into junior high i was um i was a fresh immersion uh, all okay. throughout and when i i lived in well i grew up in wolseley which is kind of the hippie area of winnipeg okay it was still my favorite neighborhood it's it's awesome i love it there but i went to uh when i got to junior high age so grade seven um, a lot of kids just moved over to English school because there was a closer one and I had to take two city buses to get to the nearest French school. So only a right. few of us did that. There was a, most kids went to the closer English school just because they don't want to have Easier. to take a bunch of buses. Yeah. So I didn't know a lot of kids at my junior high and I met people pretty quick based on music. Like it was, you know, someone would have like a Nirvana shirt or something. It was like, yep. okay, I'm going to talk to this kid. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or, or he's got a sound garden shirt. Something. like, I have that tape. I'm going to, you know, this is what, and then those people, some of them are still my friends today. So, yeah. I mean, I think that, yeah, getting into music in a big way through meeting other people who are interested in it, right at an age where you're super susceptible to, to just suck in all that stuff. Right. I think that was when I started going to, to shows in the first place. And that one of the first shows I went to in Winnipeg was, I'm not sure if you've heard of Corefest. Yeah, Corefest was um, it, it was a big festival they had every year. Um, very DIY. We have a hill called Garbage Hill, which yep. is it's actually called Westview Park, but it's an old, it's a hill built on garbage basically. It, it was okay. a dump at one point, and it's now all grassed over, and it's a beautiful park. But at so the bottom Cor of no, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. At the bottom of Garbage Hill was Corefest every year, yep. and it was a like this kind of DIY stage. All these punk bands and folk singers and metal bands and like propaganda used to play there. Yeah. It was just this awesome thing. And that was one of the first shows I went to when I was like 13 years old. And we just sat there, me and a friend of mine all day and just watched 
local band after local band after local band and watch these people in their 20s like basically running everything and and selling merch and i still have some of the tapes about of those shows yeah cool and like that was super super influential the idea that i think at that point that's when i realized that i could do this like it yeah. wasn't just being a musician or, or playing in a band it wasn't just something that you had to be famous to do because at that point i was like okay you have to be like brian adams or something right. <laughs> you have to be able to play right. a show and then it was like wait no you don't you can be just some guy down the street who has a guitar and learned three chords. And now you're playing a festival in this park that used to be a garbage dump. Yeah. For hundreds of people. And co- was core fest. It was free, right? I cost, I think it cost a couple of bucks uh, or a dollar was, or something. Yeah. It was, it was really cheap. Like it, I don't remember now, but it was, if it wasn't free, it was like two bucks or something. Yeah. 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 I, I want to say maybe on uh, Greg and Keith's podcast, they, They've mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they must've mentioned it. Um, and that's probably where I heard about it. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah shout out to unscripted moments. Uh, you know, that's sort of it's how we, show. yeah. Part of how we sort of connected and again, speaks to kind of that, uh, connection through music, right? Like for sure. um, there's all these people out there kind of rallying around, uh, their love of propaganda. And so you kind of, um, yeah, cross paths. So it's kind of a really neat thing. Um, and yeah, I kind of, I like what you said about, um, sort of seeing sort of core fest or other shows that were happening at the time and realizing like, I can just go out and do this. Like that's the whole DIY thing, realizing really all you have to do is just want to do something and then go do it. That's right. It might not be huge and awesome and amazing right off the bat, right? Just like a podcast, your first, you know, 10 episodes, maybe nobody even listens to it, Yeah. but it just takes time, right? It just, it grows. And it's the same with being in a band. You get, you know, the only people who come to your first five shows are your parents and maybe two yeah. friends or whatever. And then just over time, it just kind of grows. Um, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ho- yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, like, we didn't never got too much farther than that, but no, I didn't either. Did uh, yeah. but, but Corefest, I mean, Corefest doesn't exist anymore. It's been, it's been done for, I think that the guy who was running it um, moved away at some point and then it just never happened again, but there's still lots of local free outdoor things that happen every summer in Winnipeg. Right. And I've been trying to get my kids to go to those. Um, it's different. It's not the same as Corvettes. It's not big festivals, but there's lots of small kind of um, even backyard shows or front yep. porch shows or community center outdoor things. And I take them to as many as I can, even if it's not maybe the type of music I want to see. There's usually one person on a bill I'm interested in or I've interviewed and I want to check them out live. Yeah. Drive my kids along and they have fun at them, whether they actually, I don't know how much the music impacts them or not, but right. they enjoy going to these things and listening to stuff and, and just hanging out in a group of people and watching music. So I don't know what impact that'll have on them as they get older, but I mean, for me, it really did. Corefest and other shows like that were just a huge, huge inspiration for me. So yeah, just having that kind of positive experience in an environment like that, I think, is really all you can ask for for a kid, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, just exposure to different things, um, which is so great. Um, so you kind of talked about you were um, kind of it was always in the plan to have kids. Yeah. Did you have fears about? becoming a dad where you do you remember like kind of you know before your your oldest daughter was born um thinking about like i guess things you were scared about oh yeah for sure because i had never held a baby until my first well yeah you were born, so. you were like i guess i would say relatively speaking pretty young when you had i was first... in my mid-20s yeah i was like yeah. turning 26 i think so yeah it was um were you kind of the first young... of your friends to have kids for the most part, yeah. There's a couple who had some of them really early, but I still have some friends who are having kids now and they're almost yeah. 40, right? So, I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, it was early in yeah. my group, social group. And so um, I don't know what I was doing. 
(laughs) I knew that I wanted a kid and my wife wanted a kid. And like, it was obviously that we were going to have a kid, but yeah, it was kind of just like, okay, now this is happening. Let's (laughs) let's figure this out. And like, I I know a lot of people would rather wait till they're older and that's cool too. Like, you know, there's no, I don't think there's a a right way or a wrong way to do it, but um. I don't know for me it's good I'm, I'm i'm not even 40 yet and i've already got a kid in junior high and like uh i figure that by the time both of mine are adults i'll be in my 50s still and right so I, i'll be relatively young and that, i kind of like that about it it's kind of means i'll um not i'll get freedom from my kids because that sounds horrible but I'll, <laughs> I'll be able to have different experiences with them before i'm too old yeah for sure experience them being young adults and things too right before i'm like you know wheelchair bound or senile or <laughs> right. whatever right yeah. And like, I, so I totally agree with you. I mean, I don't think you have to feel, um, I guess, uh, guilty for saying, or for thinking about, you know, good things about being away from your kids. I think yeah. it's, it's like, it's healthy to have time away from, from your kids sometimes. Right. And, uh, for some of the reasons we talked about before, you know, sort of pursuing your passions or, you know, right. what doing whatever you need for your kind of individuality and self and self-care, that part is important. Actually, um, Christian has talked about, um, he, he's, uh, he's divorced. So he's not with his son's mom and so splits time and has talked about how in the beginning that was really, really tough, but having that sort of week off actually does a lot for his sort of self-care now and works really well for their, that for their dynamic, right? So every, for everybody, it's kind of different, I guess. Um, even like you're talking about with, with age, I think, it kind of happens when it happens, right. Depending right. on whatever circumstances and you kind of figure it out um, and make it work. So um, yeah, that's really cool. So it's neat that you sort of always knew that was kind of in the plan. And I mean, talk about DIY, like you did it yourself. You went and made a kid, so you got to yeah, figure it yeah. out. Right. It's the same, same thing. Um, and it, a lot of that just sort of comes naturally, I guess you kind of, well, you figure it out on the fly, which is yeah. the same as anything else. I, and yeah. I think the DIY thing is honestly like, I mean, I definitely came from a punk scene. I was in ska bands and stuff in the nineties and everything. And like, that was, I was never a punk, but I was from the punk scene. And I think the thing that I took the most out of that is the DIY part of it. And that's always been kind of um, a really, really important factor in my life is the idea that if you want to do something, especially something creative, just, just do it. I mean, there's tons of stuff I'm terrible at. And, uh, but I'm sure if I put in the time, like I put in for the podcast, you know, if it, if it was something I was passionate about, I probably could do some semblance of it. And maybe that would be, you know, something else interesting. Do you, do you play or make music still like even just as a hobby at all or? No, I don't have time. I don't, I honestly don't have time. I wish, I wish I would. There's often times where I think that I would love to start a band, but I don't. Where I'm would doing you fit this, that in? I wouldn't fit it in. And I mean, like it wouldn't be fair to other people I was in a band with because, you know, I'm usually the weakest link in the band anyway. So, I mean, <laughs> if I'm not showing up and I'm dragging everyone down by, by not being as good at music as they are, it wouldn't, wouldn't be cool. So. Right. Yeah. You can't, you can't do everything. That's for sure. I just was sort of curious if you, if you um, even just like, you know, strum on a guitar or something like that, just to. I mean, I guess I, ha- I have instruments here that I play around yeah. with every once in a while, but it's super, super casual, just kind of yeah. plunking away and not really you know, not writing songs or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so tell me a little bit about what, what I guess got two kids, um, heading into sort of being teenagers for your oldest, um, over that period of time, what's been the most rewarding thing about being a dad? Um, I think, I think just, just kind of being there as they learn things. 
I think a lot of people would probably agree with that too, right? Yep. It's just being present as as they discover things and as they learn how to do things. And I mean, like I said, with the library thing, reading has always been a big deal. I, I remember being um, uh, when my oldest kid was was little. I thought uh, if she can't read by the time she's in kindergarten, I, I will have failed <laughs> as a parent, which is mm -hmm. dumb. But I mean, because there's no date for that. But so I really kind of pushed the reading thing, and she ended up loving it. And she reads; they both read constantly. So that part of it was cool. That you know, I, I felt maybe a little bit like I was being too, too pushy on like, you got to read, yeah. you got to read. But then they both took to it so well and they both are constantly reading. And, oh my and God. That, that's super rewarding. Like, you know, my, my eight-year-old is uh, reading novels and stuff later way. Like she was reading a textbook about bird, uh, like, <laughs> like a science book about birds. And that's it was like awesome. a 300 page thing. So, I mean, I feel like that kind of stuff is really rewarding knowing that that's another thing I did as a kid constantly too. I'd be you'd never see me without a book in my hand and right. having that kind of passed on to my kids is, is, is nice to see because it meant a lot to me. And I know that they're, I know how important reading can be to anyone and just seeing them like taking to it, like, like crazy is awesome. It's so important. Right. And it's like, I never really, I probably never really thought about the importance of reading um, like over the first few years of my daughter's life. And so my daughter Elise is just about to turn six. So she's in grade one. So like learning how to read over the last couple of years. Yeah. And I actually like thinking about it, I almost like tear up thinking about it, how amazing it is to see someone learn how to read. Yeah. It's like cool. opens it's up cool. the whole world to you. Like before that you, it's like there, things are so limited. And so like now, you know, like driving the car down the street, she'll like see a billboard and read the sign or, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> the other day she's like, you know, we drive by Ikea. She's like, Ikea, Ikea, you know, it's like, it's awesome. so yeah. awesome. It's so great. Um, and because it's such a crazy thing to think about is being able to read anything is bizarre. You can decipher these symbols and yeah. like make sense out of them without even thinking either. Like it just kind of immediately happens. It's such a cool thing. Yeah. And as a parent, like. I really struggled with how to like, I guess where to start with reading. Reading was really tough in the beginning when we were kind of first talking about like, do you remember that experience too of like right in the beginning? Yeah, because you kind of hope that it's easy to teach them, right? Because I mean, it's uh, it's not. No, <laughs> it's not. It's not. Easy to teach them. But it, it definitely seems like, okay, well, we got this book. I mean, how hard can it be, right? She's a smart kid, but no, it, it takes a while. You got to go through all the very slow steps of learning all the letters and the sounds and everything. And yeah, it, 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 it's, it's difficult, but once you see them starting to do it, it's so cool. Right. Cause it's like even small words, you're like, Oh, this is awesome. You know what that means? That's yeah. Yeah. And progress is like really slow in the beginning, but then it just like, takes suddenly, off. yeah. 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 I agree. I would totally agree with you on that one that like, that's such a neat thing to see and just sort of learning in general. And yeah. When they start going to school and come home and tell you things that they learned that you didn't teach them. Before that, yeah, I had all the yeah. control over, you know, what they knew. Yeah. And now they're coming at home and telling me about, uh, you know, the planets and stuff like that. Well, they know stuff I don't know. Yeah. All the time. My, my especially my oldest, because she's, you know, she's in grade seven now. And like, she's learning stuff that either I forgot about or I never knew in the first place. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so you, you talked about your dad a little bit too, and kind of um, your relationship with your dad and um, I guess maybe having some of those early experiences around music with yeah. your dad is, is your dad still around? Yeah. He's still around. Yeah. And yeah. so is, is your dad a rad granddad? He is. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, with the, my, my kids call him granddad too, which is, yeah. So, I oh, mean, cool. Yeah. It's um yeah. They, they, my kids are actually really close to him, which is nice too, because um, 
like I, I had a very great experience with them growing up. So it's nice that they can have them in their lives as well. And um, yeah, it's always been, I, my dad's from England. So it was okay. always different growing up that, you know, I mean, we're a very Canadian family, but it was having an immigrant dad was a somewhat unique experience among some of my friends. And it, uh, I think it made it, I don't know if it made my relationship with him closer just because it was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. we were inter- he was interested in totally different stuff. Like, I mean, you know, we'd watch soccer and I would read these yeah. English comics, which my kids read now and stuff. And like, it was um, a lot of that was just, it was just different. And I think that that maybe, maybe made more of an impact on me because, you know, we weren't doing the same stuff that everyone else was doing. Yeah. It's like I'm a not sure. connection to a, a culture that just, or, or s- some elements of culture that aren't as prevalent in Canada. Yeah. I, guess, right? I mean, it's pretty prevalent still. I mean, yeah. England and Canada are very close, obviously the same language, same essentially the same culture and stuff too but yeah there's there's some weird like um things that i think came with that 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 uh i still cling on to despite being you know living in canada for almost 40 years and not really having that much connection other than some cousins on facebook and stuff over right. there right it's still kind of like you know when the world cup comes around or olympics i'm, I'm wearing the england colors <laughs> yeah cool cool i like that um has your how has your relationship with your dad sort of evolved since you've had kids has what if what's that experience sort of been like i think i get it more mm. <laughs> yeah me too much, you know like i think you you just kind of realize like oh this is what i was like you know as a kid and this is what he had to deal with uh figuring all this out for the because i'm a, I'm the oldest kid as well right so okay. my family so my dad figured out the, he went through the exact same shit that i did with my aunt, oldest daughter just basically like what do you do with a baby <laughs> how do you do anything I, you know because he, he didn't have kids before that either right it was the first one so it's the same idea of just like this is completely new you gotta figure it out as you go along and so i think that um i remember reading actually uh, an interview with um steve earl the country singer and okay. he said that um when he had his first kid he immediately went to his dad and apologized for every shitty thing he'd ever done <laughs> like the day his first kid was born yeah. right just because just you realize like oh wait this is this is what this is like this is uh this is, this was me at one point and all that crap I put you through now I'm going to have to deal with it. Right. So it's actually kind of a, a, I was just thinking about this the other day that it's like kind of a, almost a sad thing that like, it takes us so long to realize um, how important our, you know, parents or grandparents or whatever yeah. are to us, you know, in, in the case of like me, I like with my grandparents, especially I just was like a selfish little kid basically up until the time they passed away. Like, and then it's only afterwards I realized like, fuck, I never asked them like anything about, you know, their life growing up or, you know, I just, they were just there for me basically. And it it is, it's kind of like a a depressing thought that like, yeah, it takes you, I guess, until you're whatever, 30 years old or, or older to kind of really put those pieces together and hopefully you have enough time to, I guess, um, I don't know what it is like um, bring some, I, I guess, respect or whatever to that relationship Yeah. afterwards. I, I don't, that's not really the right word. I know what I you mean know. though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like you take it for granted and you don't, yeah, you to, totally take just, it for granted. You think they'll always be there. Right. And I mean, like both my grandfathers were in the war. I would love to find out more about that yeah. now. I'm very curious, but you know, at the time it was like, Oh cool. They were in the war. Like, you know, they fought the Nazis. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, that's <laughs> but that, it. Was about, story. that was about all I thought about it. Right. And it's like, I'm sure they went through some horrible and, and really exciting and, you know, all kinds of action and stuff that, that would be really fascinating to hear about and maybe even record, but they're long dead now. And I, I missed the chance. 
Yeah, this is, it's like, yeah, as you get older, you realize the importance of like passing that information down. And yeah. I always envy people who, when I talk to them, they know so much about sort of their family history and things like that. I'm like, geez, I was just a like shithead growing up. I yeah. never asked, right? I never made it a priority of, of that. So um, it's neat to sort of see, to have the grand parents around, I guess, and sort of to see them interact with the kids too. So that, yeah. that must be kind of neat for you to see your dad with your kids. It is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I, I, I kind of find that relationship really interesting. Like just to, there's something different there, right. Than a parent and a child that the grandparent and a grandchild. Yeah. Well, and it's different now than it would have been even, even 20, 30 years yeah, ago too. True. Right. Because I mean, like age-wise, like my dad is going to be 70 soon, but he doesn't seem like he's 70. Like when I was a kid, someone who was 70 seemed like they were, you know, <laughs> on the way out. Right. And yeah. And, and now, I mean, someone who's in their 60s or 70, they seem yeah. like they're pretty active and they, they, they do stuff still and they're like going out and, you know, it, it's totally different. So I think that it's nice that our generation's kids can grow up with grandparents who are still for the most part, pretty, you know, like vital and stuff and, and really have the capacity to be involved there because they're not in the home or something. Right. Yeah. And I think there's more sort of um, like, this probably speaks to like the, the whole sort of societal thing around like gender roles and stuff like that too. And, and just sort of showing your emotions and yeah. things that 10 years ago were harder, 20 years ago were basically non-existent 30 years ago were That's totally right. not even something you would even, you know, think about, um, you know, sort of displaying your emotions and your love for your, <laughs> your kid or your grandchild or whatever. It seems crazy, it's, right? To think about crazy. now, but yeah, yeah. Um, and so it is neat to sort of, I guess, get to see them, see the grandparents experience that. So it is cool. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, Sam, like I just, I'm so fascinated by what you do with your show. Um, the, the history that you sort of captured with your show. I'm so thankful that you came on to talk about your show and about being a dad. I want to ask you like, what's next for you? What's on the horizon? Is it just more grinding with Witch Police Radio? What you know? What's what's exciting? Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be more grinding. I can't st- I can't stop. Won't stop. Um, yeah. I'm too awesome. way too in too deep now to, to slow down, and uh, I think people would be disappointed if I did. Uh, honestly, like yeah. <laughs> for any reason, if I stopped doing this, because not that I have some massive you know listener base. I mean, doing such a niche show that specifically Winnipeg music and Manitoba music is is just necessarily going to have a fairly small but yeah. hopefully loyal audience right but it's just yeah i think that everyone i know knows that i've been so kind of um focused on this in my free time when i'm not with my kids or working that i think people would be bummed out if i stopped so and i would be bummed out if i stopped yeah because it um yeah it's, it's it's just i'm obviously passionate about it right yeah i i love it and um i i didn't ask i guess so the you talked about the winnipeg is it the no, Manitoba Podcast Festival. The Manitoba Podcast Festival, yeah. So is that, that that's still going? How, how does yes. that sort of work? Well, what this year, we kind of are taking a break. We're doing just an, uh, an Ask a Podcaster session so people can come on and talk cool. to a bunch of people from the community. But in the past uh, three years, we did two at the Park Theatre in Winnipeg um, nice. in-person events with some panels on stage and the opportunity for people to talk to different podcasters. And then last year was virtual because of the pandemic. And then this year, because life got in the way for so many of us, we've kind of just gone to this small session we're doing in early December. But um, yeah, it, it really was started by um, a friend of mine. Well, okay, just to, I don't know how much time you have. Want me no, to I've got time, yeah. Devote to this, but um, there's a guy named Stefan Richard. He is a, uh, he's a former wrestler. He is um, a 
former podcaster. He now works uh, full-time in radio. And um, he had a show, a podcast called The Ever Sick Podcast. And he randomly invited me to be on the show. We didn't know each other. And I went down to um, his producer's house, who I had met before. And he is the founder. The producer, his name's Roger. He's the founder of the Indigenous Film Summit. So he had all this experience organizing events. And so after our interview on on the the show, uh, me and Stefan and Roger sat down and uh, started talking about we should do something. We, you know, this was such a great time. We had, we got along so well. Yeah. We're both all fascinated by the same thing. We should put something together. And that eventually we started hanging out once a month and trying to plan stuff. And that eventually turned into the first podcast festival. And over time, our regular monthly meetings turned into let's go to Robin's donuts and just have an open invitation for anyone who is interested in podcasting or has a show or wants to start a show. And it kept growing and growing. And now we have a pretty strong core group of people who, um, just show up on the virtual meetings once a month and they do all kinds of different shows. And some of them are as experienced as I am or more. Some of them are, you know, brand new to it. And uh, we have one kid who's uh, 13 years old and he, he interviews like, you know, rock stars, basically he's had some like extremely high profile. He had a guy from the tragically hip on his show. Like he he interviews like all kinds of, uh, it's a music show, but it's not regional like mine. Like he just interviews whoever. And I think, um, the fact that he's that young is almost like kind of the hook for a lot of people to get into yeah. a show because this kid is, it's baffling that he's that good at doing this at such a young age. So, I mean, we're, we, have, we have competition for sure. Yeah, that's um, awesome. But yeah, I think it just really kind of developed from the three of us um, wanting to hang out and, and do something into now this thing. And um, yeah, it, it, the lineup of people involved changes all the time. And there's a few core people who have been involved for you know, three or four years now. And it's nice to see that uh, we've become friends with each other. Like I would hang out with these people, no, no question, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's again, that community thing. So we're hoping that next year in 2022, we can bring it back maybe in person again. Yeah. Uh, those were a lot of fun. Um, if not, we'll do a full on um, virtual festival. Actually, uh, Greg and Keith from uh, Unscripted Moments yep. were in the virtual, one of the panels last year. Oh, okay. That, that, oh, I, cool. that I moderated. So we had them and we had uh, Ryan McMahon who does the Thunder Bay podcast and yeah. he does um, he's like tons of podcasts over the years. And we talked about growing your audience and it was a basically a panel show about that. And so that's on the internet and that kind of uh, will live forever as a way to oh, cool. hopefully encourage new podcasters. But yeah, it's basically just a way to share the passion with other people. And um, unfortunately this year is just everyone's lives are so in upheaval right. because of the pandemic and stuff that it's not going to happen, but uh, hoping, hoping to get it back next year. Yeah, well, I really like that. Like, I, I like, obviously, that connection to your community and how this is kind of all about your community, um, sort of regionally. Um, yeah. And I, I also like, <laughs> we kind of touched on, this wasn't really related, but we kind of touched on, like, having a big guest on your podcast. Like, and and that's something I really love about your show is, yeah, you have some big guests. Like, you had um, Biff Naked on recently. Um, you know, you've had the guys for Propaganda, like, some you know, really big guests you had, I think, did you had Fred Penner on the podcast? Yeah, Tom Jackson. These are, these are big guests, but then you have, you know, the little kind of local brand new bands on there too. Um, and, and artists. And those and are often better. I mean, not, <laughs> no way to, to, to talk shit about those, those big name guests. Cause they were yeah. awesome too. I mean, like Biff Naked was like delightful to talk to. She was just fantastic. Yeah. But um, some of the bands that, you know, they've played like two shows in someone's basement they are so excited about being on a podcast that yeah. their, their enthusiasm just comes through and they're way more likely to, you know, share the shit out of the episode and, right, and just right. like promote the fact I was on the show, come listen. And sometimes those numbers like are surprisingly 
high compared yeah. to someone who is you know they've sold hundreds of thousands of records or whatever because those people are so 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 pumped that that someone wanted to give them the time to talk about what they do so I like those. I like talking to some weird punk band that, that I've never heard of that. I hear one song on, on the internet. I'm like, Oh, this is great. Like, what is it? Who are these people? And yeah. they're, you know, half my age and they've been, they have no idea about any of the history of the local punk scene. So all of my frames of reference are completely different from theirs. And it, it's cool to sort of see like, you know, the, the, the sort of passage of time of the Winnipeg music scene too, because I'm, I'm definitely rooted in nineties, early two thousands when I was going to almost shows. And, and so my, sort of reference points for venues and festivals and stuff like that it's most of the kids who are in their 20s they have no idea what it is like and right. they, they missed all of that like most a lot of them have never been to the albert and i mean right. the royal albert is, is such a like iconic winnipeg yeah. punk venue but it was closed for so long that, that many of the people on the show they don't know what it is they, they and it, it's cool to sort of see this like they're still doing the same thing the diy punk stuff but it's it's from a completely different angle and it, it's really cool to talk to them you're like the the rad dad of the <laughs> the Winnipeg or Manitoba music scene is what it feels like. <laughs> oh, no. That's, that's I mean, kind of what it, that's kind of what you're describing. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't want to be, I mean, I definitely have people like Fred Penner, for example, who have been around yeah. Winnipeg's music scene for, for decades before I was even born. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, like the guys from Propaganda, they're, they're a decade or so older than me as well. And they've experienced stuff that I've only read about, you know, in, in books right. and documentaries about Winnipeg music, but yeah, it, it, I don't know. It's cool to see that no matter what changes as far as venues and styles and all of that, the DIY punk thing, whatever that sounds like in 2021 still will exist and it'll exist in 2031 and 2041. Right. And, and for whatever reason, that thing of playing in a basement and making a bunch of loud noise and, and making a terrible recording and showing it to people proudly <laughs> that that's never going to change. And so I like being part of that continuum, I guess, if, however it can be. Yeah, I love that. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and talking about your your podcast and your community, uh, talking about being a rad dad, talking about your kids. Um, any advice out there? We always end by asking if you have any advice out there for dads listening. So maybe current dads, new dads, dads to be. I, I just, the only advice, I don't, I don't know if it's advice even, I think it's kind of most dads, I think, experience this, but just the idea of finding out what your kids are interested in and encouraging them to do it whatever it is like that. You don't have to like it. <laughs> you don't have to understand yeah. it. But if you, if they, if, if they, you see something that they're pumped about, like get pumped for them and, 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 you know, I mean, you know, my kids aren't, aren't big athletes, but I mean, you know, they both got really into rugby a few years ago and I was, I never played rugby. I played soccer and hockey my whole life, but yeah. just going and watching them play rugby was awesome. I didn't even know how the gameplay was played, but yeah, it was like getting, getting into that is, is cool because they're enjoying it. So now I want to see how this works and learn about it. And I think really, yeah, just being excited about what your kids are excited about. Cool. I love that. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah, your time. You. And uh, it's been great talking with you and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, you know, listening to lots more of your episodes and uh, going into your back catalog a little bit more as well. So there's a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, man. Cool. cool. Appreciate it. All right, that was Sam Thompson on the Rad Dad Show. Thank you so much, Sam, for joining us, and thank you for listening. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you drop us a review on iTunes. And if you're looking for more Rad Dad's content, find us wherever you get your podcasts, or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show, and on Facebook and Twitter at at Rad Dad's Show. And now, you can also look us up on YouTube for some video interviews as well, including this one. 
Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting, and you can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.